0: Welcome back and thanks for listening to The GamerNode Show, the podcast about gaming from the tabletop to the digital screen. This is episode 75 and I'm your host, Eddie Enzotto. I'm here today with Bianca Figueroa-Santana. How's it going, Bianca?
1: I'm doing really well. How are you?
0: Pretty good. Pretty good. So today we have kind of a special show. We're talking about the...
1: Spiel der
0: Oh, look at that. I can't say those words.
1: I don't, I can't guarantee that that's correct pronunciation, but I'm pretty sure.
0: I know spiel is correct. Yes, that's <laughs> I don't, correct. I don't know the rest. If it's des or de or "yar" or yaris.
1: It's yaris.
0: Yaris. Spiel des yaris. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe no debt. Oh, whatever. Okay, so yeah, these are the games we're talking about. Um, these were awarded a, a little while ago, but we haven't had the chance to talk about them, but we have had the chance to play them. So I guess we could just start with the regular spiel winner, and that was King Domino, which was selected over Magic Maze and the quest for El Eldorado. Uh, we haven't actually played those two games, but we can give you a quick summary of what those games were before we get into our feelings and um, and the description of King Domino itself. So Magic Maze is a game, something like I guess it falls into the into the same category as Escape Curse of the Temple, where in this game, whereas in in Escape Curse of the Temple, you're all rolling dice and trying to get out of the temple by laying tiles and finding the number of gems that you need. Magic Maze puts players on a team it's a cooperative real-time game where you're controlling four different fantasy type heroes who are in a shopping mall and each player can perform a different movement direction as well as an action for each of the different characters so players need to sort of plan what they're going to be doing to get each of the four characters to the exit of the Magic Maze shopping mall. But the catch is that you can't talk to each other except for in short little bursts at certain periods throughout the game. And you'll find players tapping this uh, special pawn that says, hey, there's a move out there that you need to do, so you better look for it and do it. And it can be very raucous from what I've heard from other... Uh, players of that game. And Quest for Eldorado is from Reiner Knizia, famous designer, and this is more of a race game with deck building elements where players are trying to get through this uh, sort of modular type of board uh, to the end faster than the other players. But as for King Domino, that's the important one, right? Because it won.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs)
0: and it's from a designer who we like. All right, you can, you can take this away. Tell us about King Domino.
1: King Domino is a lightweight tiling game, and it is by Bruno Cathala, Mm. And who designed Five Tribes and Love Seven it. Wonders Duel, among others. Love it. And the way that King Domino works is you start by laying out two columns of four tiles each side by side, and they're numbered um, sequentially, so with the lowest numbered tile up to the highest numbered tile. Uh, and you choose a start player, and you take turns claiming tiles based on what's on the tile, which I'll get into in a second. And the placement of the tile you select determines future player order. So if you place on the first tile, that is to say the lowest numbered tile, then you're going to choose first when you're selecting tiles from the second column. If you place on the third tile in the first column, you'll be choosing um, third. So. The tiles have two sides, just like a domino, and each side is one of six landscapes. And your goal is very simple. It's to join together like landscapes. And you own points for each adjacent tile of the same type. Um, but the most important thing is that some tiles have little crowns on them, crown icons, and they have one, two, or three, I believe. that's Gotta some...
0: fight for those crowns.
1: Yeah, but the max number of crowns is three, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so on each on each tile.
1: Okay, and so the number of crowns multiply the points that you earn at the end. So, for example, if you have um, four desert tiles and you have three crowns on one of those desert tiles, you're going to get three times four, which is 12 points. And let's say you have those four desert tiles and one has three crowns and the other has two, you're going to get four times five, 20 points. Um, and
0: it's also important to note that if you have zero crowns, it's even if you have a, a mass of you know, six forest tiles or t- forest squares, that's going to be six times zero. So you have to really look for those crowns.
1: Exactly. Um, And you lay the tiles in a grid, so a five-by-five grid. Uh, I guess for the two-player game, you can also do a seven-by-seven grid, but Mm -hmm. the standard two-player game is a five-by-five grid, Um, and same for the three- or four-player game. Uh, and so you end up, and you end up having twelve rounds for a three or four-player game, and six rounds for a standard two-player game. Um, those rounds being choosing your tiles and placing your meeple's, I guess, on those tiles. Mm-hmm. So it's a very simple game in terms of mechanics. Um, so what do you think about it?
0: Um, well, I think it's a really great game, and it feels like a Spiel des Jahres winner in terms of its weight. With, you know, a certain degree of complexity, but also, like, really accessible. I like its mechanics, and I think that everything is really smooth in the way that you move from selecting your tiles, and the way that you have this choice every round of, so maybe you want to get the best tile, but in doing so, you know that you're giving up your turn order for the next round, so there's always this space for decision making there and sometimes it's better to get a tile even that doesn't even help you as much so long as you're taking it away from your opponents and I think this is a good time to mention that when you're placing your tiles you have to place like landscapes next to one another or else you can't place a tile if there's no area on your 5x5 five five grid or if it would cause you to go outside of 5x5 five five, then you may have to take a tile and just throw it away so you might use your selection to force another player to make a selection that they have to discard um, so there's a lot going into what you're choosing and I really like how the the dominoes are shuffled up randomly there's uh 48 tiles in the game, so you might have tile number 1, 17, 22, and 48 in a set. So there's a real range of what is available out there, but throughout the game you'll get these very diverse rounds, or you'll get stacked rounds, or you'll get crappy rounds, and you kind of don't know exactly what's coming beyond one round away. So you kinda have to set yourself up in such a way that you can adapt to what's coming and a lot of times I know that in in our games, sometimes I felt like I've backed myself into a corner by not making my kingdom very friendly to new landscape types Like you can always place any type of landscape up against your castle but I think in one game I put the castle up against the edge my first game that I ever played I decided the castle was gonna be in the corner Bad idea. Um,
1: and the castle is your starting tile. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, You, exactly, to, yeah. you, you start with say. a
0: single square, like a, what is that, a, a mon, monomino? A uniomino?
1: <laughs> I like monomino.
0: Monomino. Monomino. mon-omino. No. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I think it's, I, I really like it, and it's great in that it's so, so fast. You could bust it out and play it in like 10 minutes. Which is faster than, you know, other tile laying, city building, kingdom building type games.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's the art's nice, bright and colorful, the the dominoes are really robust. It yeah. just it just feels really good to play it and I, I I thought it was great. I think it's definitely worthy of you know, it's commendable at I, least.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it's really fun. I like the puzzle aspect of it. Um trying to figure out where to put the landscapes and fit them together well maintaining your five by five grid um i think that's the most frustrating limitation is that five by five grid um but of course that's what makes the game interesting and what makes it challenging um and while it's challenging at the same time it's like we said a lightweight game it's pretty easy to play um like eddie said it's very easy to to play quickly if you just don't have a lot of time or if you've had a long day and don't have a lot of brain power left it's also (laughs) a good game to play um because it gets and it has that fun factor while not being too heavy
0: yeah that's the interesting thing like you can play it you can count out how much each tile each option is going to score you for each round or you could just be like okay i'll take that one and just place it and like whatever yeah exactly You, know, you can just chill out yeah be too crazy Yeah. But, you know, sometimes in those last couple rounds, you find yourself thinking, well, this is going to net me an additional four points. Mm -hmm. This one's going to net me an additional three points. (laughs) Yeah. If I place this one in this location and leave myself open for that tile, it's going to net me an additional eight points. But if I place it in that location and... Well, it depends on (laughs) how hard you're trying. I
1: typically don't get that far into it, although I know that you do. Uh, Um,
0: Only on occasion.
1: Um... So yeah, I think I do think it's a good game, and I really like it, uh, and I think it's definitely one that should be in people's collections.
0: Yeah, we didn't play either of the other uh, regular Spiel nominees this year. Although Magic Maze seems interesting, because I kind of really like Escape Curse of the Temple, yeah. and it kind of has that vibe to it for yeah, me.
1: That does sound really cool.
0: However, I don't know if it's a if it's more complex and kind of. Uh, takes away from some of the simple joy of that genre. But I don't know. I haven't played it. But I think King Domino is definitely worthy of an of a win there.
1: Okay. Well my my only critique is that it sometimes feels a little bit predictable
2: mm-hmm. in
1: terms of you pretty much know that people are going to go for the whichever tile has the most number of crowns mm-hmm. um especially because as you said if you don't have any crowns in a certain grouping of landscape tiles you're getting zero points so yeah you can look at people's
0: boards and say oh well they're going for that they're going for that
1: yeah and and it's not it is there is definitely a strategic value of trying to take away a tile from someone else, but I've personally found that I'm too busy trying to build up my landscapes mm-hmm. to waste a turn taking someone else's tile unless it's also beneficial yeah. for me. Um,
0: I think more so in the like four player game. Yeah, that seems effective, and also in in a larger player count game. You can end up just each playing in different spaces, like one right. person might specialize in the desert and another one might specialize in the, the forest or something. right although everyone fights for the mines.
1: Yeah, the mines are very are very um, lucrative, mm. which makes sense all that ore down in there. Um, anyway, so yeah, that's what I was going to say I think in a I feel like
0: there could be more crowns.
1: Yeah, I also agree with that. I feel like there could be more crowns. And I do feel like maybe this is just the impression I get when playing, but I feel that there are a disproportionate number of crowns in the mines, like you just said.
0: Yeah, there are more, for sure. Um,
1: and I think that they could be spread out more. Like, I don't think I've ever gotten a lake with a crown. Um,
0: right. Well, it's by design that the there are fewer squares of mines but they have more crowns and there are more squares of say wheat fields but they have fewer crowns.
1: Right but I do think it's always a push to get the mines. I don't I don't feel like oh I'm gonna it doesn't seem like a feasible strategy to be like oh I'm just going to focus on deserts. I'm gonna build an
0: entire half of my kingdom out of desert.
1: Right exactly but I would build an entire half of my kingdom out of mines.
0: If yeah. I could, I don't think there's enough squares in the whole game. Right, but in theory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, so that's King Domino. Definitely thumbs up. Obviously, yeah. it won the it won the award. All right, Bianca. So real quick, and uh, just because we actually forgot to put this into the review, where do you think you would land in terms of a GamerNode rating on King Domino?
1: Well, you're going to have to go over the new categories, please.
0: Oh, right, right. So we refined some of the language for our review scoring on GamerNode recently just to make it a little bit more descriptive and clear as to what these ratings mean. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and state the main heading for each rating. We rate on a five-point scale where one is insufferable, two is lackluster three is satisfactory four is commendable you heard me mention that before hint hint and five is essential so on a scale of insufferable to essential where does king domino lie
1: i would say that it is commendable
0: commendable and I would absolutely agree with that as you heard before I think this is definitely a game that is worth some commendation and hence it has won the Spiel des Jahres okay and now back to the previously recorded podcast so moving on to the Kenner Spiel which is the sort of enthusiast advanced game um we had a a kind of interesting unorthodox winner here, um, and I guess the the Spiel committee has been a little unorthodox, you know, having chosen code names as a winner last year, which is sort of not their their traditional type of uh, winner. But this year it was a a one off escape room game, Exit the Game from Cosmos, uh, designed by Inca and Marcus Brand who you you may be familiar with for the Orleans Invasion expansion and the, the Village and My Village and Village games and all the expansions there, as well as some other things. But, uh, yeah, that seemed like an interesting choice, especially up against a couple of other games, one of which seemed to be a real powerhouse in the gaming community for last year, Terraforming Mars from Stronghold Games, which was, you know, just massively popular and and really critically acclaimed as, a, as an engine builder where all players are, you know, managing hands of cards to play different uh, types of abilities and, and terraform Mars uh, for the most points. And the other one being Raiders of the North Sea, which was an excellent worker placement game that utilized a Uh, An interesting put-one-out-and-take-one-back mechanic to take different actions before sending those workers up the board gradually to achieve uh, more goals and and take over more areas on the board, which I did play and I thought it was a great game. Um, But yeah, they went with Exit, which is, uh, like I said, it's a a one-off sort of experience for the most part because in these games you will have to damage the materials, you know, maybe cut cards, maybe fold, maybe write on things in order to sit down with your friends cooperatively and solve this room escape puzzle within a certain amount of time. And this one utilizes a system of a decoder wheel. Uh, I, don't, I don't know exactly what they call it, but it's generally a, a wheel with a number of disks stacked on top of one another that rotate and you line up different numbers, symbols, colors, etc. until it shows a window after you've put in all, I think, four, I think it's a four digit or four symbol uh, code, and then the wheel itself will have a window that shows the answer card that you should be looking at. And um, you're getting to this by turning over riddle cards that are indicated to the player to reveal as you go through the game when either you turn over an answer card that's correct or if you are in the main gameplay book and it shows an image of, of that particular riddle card. And then on each of those cards, it gives you some fraction of a riddle or puzzle to work with. And you have to figure out which cards go with what and which cards go with the main book, which is the, the first thing that you start with is simply a book that you're told not to open until you start the timer. And uh, each page has a different bit of artwork or text or different components that you might do various things with, like I said, write on, cut out, fold, whatever, and they're all thematic. The three games are An Abandoned Cabin, The Secret Lab, and The the Pharaoh's Tomb, and the system is different from what we had played when we spoke about Escape Room the game, and it's sort of similar to another Escape Room-type game, Unlock, from Asmodee, and uh, I think... I don't know, I, I really liked this system and I felt like it was complex enough to be challenging and it did so in a way that was fair but, um, but made you really think outside the box. Uh, so I guess that's my, my quick thoughts on that. How did you feel about this game?
1: didn't think it was fair (laughs)
0: you didn't think it was fair
1: no and this is this is just the type of person that i am is that when i do puzzle and riddle games like this i want there to be a cascade of logical connection Mm -hmm. so i want one clue to lead naturally into another even if that even if that transition is very obscure i want there to be some connection between each step whereas at least in um the escape the cabin one or um i felt like they were just so random the riddles were so random and so unconnected and each one in and of itself was really interesting and clever but i got tired of having to start from scratch with each new riddle and and you know figure out oh i'm supposed to fold this like this or i'm supposed to I don't know, cut this like this. And if those really specific things don't occur to you um, because they are so outside of the box, then I get really frustrated um, because I just feel like, you know, I'm butting my head against a wall and I'm not getting anywhere and it takes the fun out of it. Um, Uh, But some of the other ones, um, the secret lab I thought was better. I did feel like... There was more of a connection between the clues, um, but you know, for the abandoned cabin, I I literally walked away. And <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did, and let you finish it. Yeah. Um, so
0: the funny thing is, you didn't play it, but I thought the the Pharaoh's tomb was actually the best one. Yeah, that's <laughs> the one the that three. I
1: didn't play of the three. Uh, but I did like the secret lab. Um, so so I'm I'm I don't want to discount it completely. Um, there was just the abandoned cabin was just too too random for kind me. Kind of
0: obtuse. It was like, you know what it was? Maybe too gamey, not, not enough, like, not narrative enough.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I, I need, I prefer some sort of narrative, um, some sort of cohesiveness of some sort.
0: Yeah. And I think we both agree that Escape Room the game is our favorite of this type of yeah. game. Yeah. Oh yeah, Because definitely. it combines... The mechanics and a sort of... Narr- it, it, it really gives you a sense of being in a place where you are trying to achieve these goals, like you said, right. logically. And and you're progressing through a space and getting out.
1: Yeah, and the narrative is the And narrative the puzzles strong. are awesome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's the, the killer combination is the puzzles are really strong and the narrative is also strong.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they need to make more of those. Yeah. But yeah, I thought that Exit was still pretty strong and actually... You know you said it wasn't fair. I thought it was definitely hard like it's it's the hardest of the of the escape room type games to me, but when it when you start to get into it, I felt like I just like I got in the zone still though, I was surprised i i could I was almost certain that terraforming Mars was gonna win because this is the game that's been so popular and just bathed in critical acclaim for the past year. And, you know, you still see people playing it on a regular basis. And I, was, I don't know what the the criteria here was. Was it more for new t- types of design? Especially since last year, Time Stories, which I think is better than all the Escape Room games, uh, did not win. Mm. So yeah. I, I thought that that was an indicator that these sorts of one-time use games were not what the committee was looking for. So yeah, it was definitely definitely interesting to see that that was the winner. Against two strong games. So, exit for you, not worthy?
1: I think it takes a particular type of person. And I'm not and that you're type of person. And you're looking at me
0: like, hey, like you, crazy. Yeah.
1: I mean, you like, you would spend, you have a very long attention span and patience for certain things. things, (laughs) Like a game where you have these incredibly random riddles. Um, Oh man, but when I
0: get in that zone, it just like, something clicks. I'm like, oh my god, that was amazing. Yeah. And it had those moments.
1: Yeah. The other thing um, is that you have to sort of have players who are um, equally committed or, or well matched because at times I felt like you were just doing everything at once. Um, Mm. and it was hard to divide the labor. And that's the other thing when you have these random, these really random puzzles and someone is like better at thinking so abstractly or randomly, then they're going to sort of charge ahead and you're going to be, Uh, and you're going to be not so into it.
0: One thing that is good about this one though, is because it's a disposable game, and you you know that going in, you can rip pages out Mm. of the book and, like, hand them to different people. Whereas when we played Unlock, there was none of that. You have to, like, take the card and, like, look at it just right, like, really closely. Yeah. They're all small cards. Yeah. This one doesn't have that problem as much.
1: That's a good point. I really do like that you sort of have these manipulatives that you are able to move around and to play with. Um... And write on and think it makes it feel more involved and um, more interesting in some ways. So I do I do think that's a plus. Yeah, and
0: then again, coming back to escape room, the game you have that there also. Yes, that's true. And you have the big map in most of the scenarios.
1: That's true. Although I do feel like in some cases you can get away with not using the materials in es- in escape the room. Uh, <laughs> And, cause well, just if,
0: randomly you, guessing.
1: Well, no, I, you did a good job of preserving those materials when we played that game. And, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, but I think that with Exit, you have to, you have to pull apart the booklet, and you have to be like uh, yeah, yeah. cutting it up and stuff.
0: Yeah, for the for the most part, it's got some really clever puzzles. Anyway, I think actually I've, I went back afterward and I read that some people don't like certain things that you have to do in Exit because it is particularly narrative-breaking. And I guess I won't go any further than that for fear of spoiling it. But, um, okay, so that's Exit the Game from Cosmos. Winner of the Kenner Spiel. (laughs) all right and once again coming back later and revisiting this review podcast where we didn't actually give review scores we're looking at exit the game the the three initial releases as a series and what we would rate them on a scale of insufferable to essential uh one to five bianca what about exit the game as a series thus far
2: oof
1: I already expressed my feelings. Um, I think I'm gonna give it well what's a two what's two again?
0: Two is lackluster, whereas oh. three is satisfactory.
1: Ooh, it was a little lackluster for me, but only elements of it were lackluster, so I'm gonna say overall satisfactory.
0: Okay, satisfactory. I think I am going to also rate this one a four. I think it is still commendable. I really like the escape room style of game, and I think it did a really good job with its own unique mechanics in putting together something that was both difficult and, as I said before, I th- did not think it was unfair. Uh, I think things worked together well. It was gamey, like you said, but I'm a gamer, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I grew up on video games, adventure games, and all that stuff, with incredibly obtuse solutions and just ridiculously senseless solutions. So I think here it, it was a lot better than that. And uh, I felt like when I did find the solutions to certain puzzles and I had those aha moments, it felt really good. And I think the game was uh, designed with a, a degree of expertise in, in puzzle crafting that is uh, also commendable so yeah that's exit das spiel or exit the game from inca and marcus brand and cosmos and now back to the previously recorded podcast once again and that's about it um i'm gonna follow this discussion up with the audio of our ice cool review because ice cool was the third award, the Kinderspiel, and uh, Ice Cool won out against Captain Silver and the Mysterious Forest, but as we don't necessarily have small children to play with and, uh, <laughs> and aren't in the family game space as much, it's uh, hard to really follow that or really comment on it um, with any uh, degree of sophistication or nuance to our opinions. <laughs> Um, but ice cool, we I did play and review, so we'll have that coming up now. Today I'm taking a look at a game. I hesitate to call it a board game. It comes sort of on a board. It's really a box in a box in a box in a box. It's a dexterity game from Brain Games and Brian Gomez. It's ice cool. You're going to be flicking little plastic penguins that sort of balance like a Joe Paluka punching bag. Um, that's a really old thing. Um, they look like bowling pins. And you flick them around the board box through this three-dimensional space. A high school for penguins, high school, high school. And they're trying to catch fish or catch each other. Three looking to get fish, one looking to bring the other three back to class. It's fun, I kinda dig it. So in ice cool, there isn't a whole lot going on. There's this board that is made up of multiple little boxes that come stacked, nested within one another, each one being a different room in this penguin high school. And three players start on one end and one player starts on the other. The three players are trying to flick their penguin through the doors that are created by lining up the holes in these boxes, and if they go through specific doors throughout this high school, uh, they take one of the fish of their color off of the top of that door, and they keep it for themselves for that round. When one player has collected all their fish, that round ends, and the player who was trying to catch them moves to the next player in line, and you do this four times until each player has been the penguin trying to catch the other penguins. He's the hall monitor. Now the hall monitor, on his turn, is trying to flick his penguin into the other penguins, and if he can hit one of the penguin pieces, one of the other player's penguin pieces, he takes their student ID and earns points based on that. When the player's looking for fish, take that fish, they pull a fish card out of a deck, and on these cards there's either one, two, or three fish. At the end of the four rounds, whoever has the greatest number of points is the winner. Very simple, but a lot of fun. Yeah, so that's Ice Cool from Brain Games and Brian Gomez, and sometimes you just don't want to work too hard. You don't want to think so much, you don't want to measure five moves ahead you don't want to play optimally you don't want to min max and you don't want to fall victim to analysis paralysis really you don't want the guy across the table to be victim of analysis paralysis Um, i'm not huge on flicking games you know i've I've played a few um, some take a really long time to set up and to play through the game and others don't. This one is super quick. You just open up the box, put it together, use these little fish, they're like clothespins, and just get to flicking. And this is very interesting because the way that the pieces are designed gives you a lot of variety in the way that you can hit it. The physics of this sort of wobbly bowling pin are so varied. You You can hit it on the side and have it curve around through a door maybe through a second door you can hit it on top and the penguins face will slap into the ground it'll bounce the whole thing up and you can jump over a wall or something you can flick it very straight so there there are so many different ways to hit these penguin pieces that it gives you a number of options and you can develop skill in this game you can do trick shots and there's so much tension when the the hall monitor penguin is chasing after you, and you're like, oh, my God, don't get me. And then they do. Or they don't. And then it's a big deal around the table. You know, someone messes up, and everyone laughs at them. and It's just great. It's a lot of fun. You know, it's just for playing around, and I like it. I'm going to give it a 3 out of 5. I mean, within its genre, it's a 4 out of 5. Overall, it's like a 3 out of 5 because, you know, it's a good... Solid game. It's not going to like set your heart on fire. I think that's literally what I wrote in the description of the ratings. But you're going to have fun with it. So ice cool. Go grab it. Check it out. Um, It's a recommendation regardless of the number. That's that's all I have to say. And that's
2: it.
0: And that should do it for episode 75 of the GamerNode Show podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, next time, I think we'll probably be talking about what I saw at Gen Con, because I'm going there real soon, and that'll be a lot of fun. It's my first trip. I've done E3 a bajillion times, but this will be my first Gen Con. I'm excited. So, for Bianca Figueroa Santana, I'm Eddie Enzotto. Thanks for listening. Adios. Sayonara we're just staring into each other's eyes right now
1: because <laughs> we're <a> clever
2: sign off <laughs> <laughs>